0: I'm going to get right into it this week and we are going to continue our discourse on dualities. But today what I'm going to do is I'm going to offer another explanation as best I can into the duality and the dichotomy between the alpha male and the beta male. And I know I've done this many times. I've done this many times in the past, many years ago. You can look back on some of the some of the very first episodes, within the first 100 episodes, and you can find some contrast, some explanation that I've given you between Alpha and beta. But, brothers, what I want to tell you here is that the most fundamental level, this is the duality that shapes our relationships with everything else we experience as a human being. All right, this is it. Like, this is the one decision you will make that determines all your other experiences as well as how you experience existence. So what your experiences are is is how you experience this. This is the duality that's going to do it. The importance of this particular podcast episode cannot be articulated with enough emphasis for you to really understand the value of what I'm going to be offering you here today. And I don't even think I'm really going to be able to do it in the time that I usually allot myself for these episodes. So I'm going to break it down, right? There's going to be today, there's going to be next week. I'm going to go deeper into some of these concepts that I'm going to begin. I'm going to introduce today. Because everything you seek, everything you've Built your life upon everything you've ever desired, every desire you've ever had, it will all be explained based on a simple choice that you must make first, which is are you living as a beta or as an alpha? Now, before I proceed and explain the difference between these two paths and the choice that you make, which is usually unconscious, (laughs) most people simply are taught one way, and then they just accept that as the only way. So if you've been taught one way, most people are taught the beta path. Most people are taught the beta way, and then they just accept the beta way as the only way because they don't know that there's another way. So before I begin to explain the difference between these two paths, and that we have made a choice, I want you to know it is unconscious. And I also want to remind you that one path is not better than the other. We're simply talking about two different ways of viewing the world, two different ways of experiencing the human journey. One way is right, the other way is left. Ah, you thought I was going to say wrong, right? I'm not going to say wrong. Of course not. One is right, one is left. It's simply a matter of choice. It's a matter of direction. One is top, the other is bottom. It's not better or worse, right? It's not a right or wrong type of choice. It's just which direction are you taking? It is only one way or the other, and that is the path that you've chosen to serve you. That's it. That's all it is. It's either one way or the other way, and does this path that you've chosen, is it serving you? How is your experience? How are you experiencing the human condition? (laughs) That's it. You ask yourself those two questions. You ask yourself that question, how am I experiencing the human condition? If you say, I'm experiencing it very, very well, it's amazing, this and that, then continue your path. If you're not, if you're in some kind of suffering, then I want you to know there is another path. There's the alpha path because you're probably in the beta path if you're experiencing suffering at all. So the duality is between living the alpha way or the beta way. Do you walk the alpha path or the beta path? And these ways, these paths, are opposite in nature and are expressed quite differently in behavior. That being said, these expressions are neither right or wrong, right? Neither the expressions nor the paths themselves are right or wrong. Neither the expressions nor the paths themselves are good or bad. They're just movements, right? Expressions... Behavior is movement. It's physical energy expressing itself through existence. All of the doing, right? All the doing that we do as humans, the doingness, (laughs) right? All the movement, all the behavior, all the action, it's all neutral, brother. And it's as neutral as thinking and feeling. It is the position from which we engage with this energy that determines whether we are on the alpha path or the beta path. And very briefly, because I said the word energy, Very briefly, there are three types of energy that we interact with through our human experience. We have the mental energy of thoughts, the astral energy of vibration that we call feelings, and the physical energy that makes up all the matter in the universe. You know, I've said this many, again, we're coming back to it again. Like, look at the universal truth, brother. Look at the model of alignment. Thoughts, feelings, and actions. This is energy. This is the energy that we engage with in order to create experience. So we have these three planes or realms of energy that we interact with as humans moving through experience. And like I say, I'm going to go deeper into all of this part of the content when I teach you about the perspective of the alpha state and living the alpha way. Right next week, like the nature of the alpha. For now, I just want to draw this information out briefly in order to remind you guys that all thoughts, feelings, and actions are just energy. And they're not who we are. We're not our thoughts. We're not our feelings. We're not our actions. But rather, these are expressions of energy that we observe, expressions of energy that we witness through the experience of our awareness. All of this energy is neutral. It is as neutral as the heat that powers an engine, right? That's energy. It's heat that powers an engine. You guys know this, right? Combustion, thoughts are just energy that we experience as sentences in the head. Feelings are just vibrations that we experience in the cells of the body. And sensations, the physical energy, are just data that we pick up through the five senses. It's all data. It's all energy. We are not the energy. We are not the thoughts, the feelings, or the actions. We are the one watching it all. Okay, so I will go deeper into that next week. This is a whole set of instructions of its own. Like this is this whole different set of the nature of the alpha that I'm going to go into. For this episode, I want you to know that the alpha way is basically the spiritual path, living the spiritual life, and the beta way is the worldly path, or living a worldly life. Now, the problem with me saying that, <laughs> saying it in that way, is twofold. Don't stop the podcast. Okay, stay with me, brothers. I want you to understand what I'm saying here. Yes, the alpha path, the alpha way is a spiritual way, but let me go deeper into that because the first thing that most people hear is that they believe that there's something they have to do to live the spiritual life. And the other thing that they usually hear or believe is that they give something up in order to live the spiritual life. And of course, there's also the question as to why anybody would even want to live the spiritual path at all. Why would anybody want to follow the Alpha Way? And I'm going to answer that too, although I believe that answer will become clear when I start to go deeper into the information of this episode. So first of all, when I say the Alpha Way is a spiritual path, I'm not talking about what people generally think about when they think about spirituality, (laughs) right? Which is either religion or woo-woo. Most people will think one of two things when they talk about spiritual, when the the word is out there, right? When the word is said in the C line, right, in the circumstance, the thought and the T line usually becomes either religion or woo-woo. Brothers, I'm not suggesting either of these. Religion is not spirituality, and truly spiritual people are rarely, if ever, religious. In fact, the Christ made this very clear several times when he spoke about the religious leaders of his time. The religious path is a worldly path. It is the beta way because religion is of the world. And woo-woo is like the other side of that coin. It's a fog. It's a misc. It's food without calories, right? It offers nothing except, we say, like mental masturbation. It runs you in circles, you know, where the religious claim to offer spirituality and instead give you some kind of form, some kind of world the woo-woo claim to offer spirituality and give you nothing but air, right? It's just empty philosophies. So I'm not talking about the alpha way, the spiritual path being something that you have to do. You don't have to go and join a church or you don't have to join an ashram. Or you don't have to let go of your grasp on reality and flee to the mountains in the Himalayas to meditate in some cave somewhere. You don't have to sit on a park bench for years until you achieve enlightenment like Eckhart Tolle and some of these other guys out there that are, you know, these spiritual people. You don't have to take some kind of oath or blood pact when I say the spiritual path, I'm not talking about wearing robes and chanting chanting songs, nor am I talking about giving anything up, right? So that's the other side of it. It's nothing you have to do, but you also don't have to get anything up. People are going get all worried that they have to give something up. They have to give up their house. I have to give up my house. I have to give up my family. I have to give up my job. I have to give up my wealth. You know, to live a spiritual life, you have to give up all your possessions, right? You have to be a monk. No money, no sex, no friends, no possessions, right? That's the spiritual way. That's the alpha way. Of course not. That's not what I'm talking about either. I'm not talking about either one of those paths, brothers. You guys know this. I've always advocated for relationships, right? For wealth, for pleasure, all the experiences you can have during your time here as a human, having a human experience, right? As a being, a light, having a human experience. So then, what is the difference then? What does it mean to live a spiritual life versus a worldly life? What does it mean to live like an alpha male versus a beta male? Brothers, it's simply a matter of awareness. That's all. It's actually very simple. It isn't easy to live the spiritual life, but it is very simple. You know, it's, it's quite difficult, actually. (laughs) You know, they say it's simple, but not easy, but it's very difficult. However, the difficulty is matched only by the results. The worldly life is easy and painful. Over 99% of humans live the beta path for this reason, because it's easier at first, right? Of course, the real reason is because we've been conditioned to believe it's the only way, but also because it's very easy. Once we get into it, then we become very comfortable with it. And again, I'm going to talk more about that in the upcoming podcast episodes about how we build a prison of the beta way, of the beta condition, versus living in the light of the Alpha Path. But essentially, it's a very easy way to do it, right? Because it's something that we're taught, and it's something that we're conditioned to, and it's something that becomes very familiar. The Alpha Path is more difficult at first. But really, it's just a matter of awareness and practice. So, what is the difference? Okay, here it is. The beta path, the worldly path, takes the perspective that the inner world, right? The inner world, brothers, your experience of the world, your experience of existence, right? All the thoughts, feelings, actions, experiences, you know, that is determined by the outer world and all the things happening. Okay, so there's a direct connection with the inner world. The inner world is misunderstood as being the self. And that it is determined by the outer world. Now, the alpha path, the spiritual path, takes the perspective that the inner world determines how the outer world is experienced, which is quite different. In fact, it's the opposite, right? It's that the inner world, the thoughts, feelings, actions, will be the ones that determine how we experience the outer world. And we are not these things. These are the experiences that we're having through the alpha state. Of the outer world. So let me say this again. I'm going to see if I can say this very succinctly so you guys can get this. The Alpha knows his inner world determines how his outer world is experienced, and the Beta believes the outer world determines how his inner world is experienced. It is the most fundamental duality that ultimately shapes the entire perspective of your life. Every spiritual master has said the exact same thing. If there is divisiveness between religions, it is because of the religion. It is due to the worldly perspective of the humans involved. The spiritual masters themselves who founded these religions all said the same thing. The kingdom of heaven is within you. You determine if you live in heaven or hell right here and right now. And that's the spiritual path. Your inner world will determine your outer world. Okay, so what does it all mean? It's like, so what? Like, that's probably what you're thinking, right? You're thinking, Kevin, so what? First of all, how do I live this way? And why would I want to? Right? The how comes later. The how is in the academy, right? I can't really give you the how in a 20 minute podcast episode. I can give you a couple tidbits, which I'll give you something at the end. I'll give you a little bit of nuggets at the end of the podcast, you know, just here and there to do something between now and the next week. But I really offer that you just enroll in the academy and begin this journey, that you just take the action, right? Take the massive action and begin your path. That's what I really suggest you do. But the why would I want to? Like, That's a great question. Why would I want to live this way? Why would I want to live this spiritual path? Why would I want to make it so that I begin to know that my outer world is determined by my inner world? How does it benefit me to practice finding inner peace? How does it benefit me to practice finding inner love, compassion, forgiveness, acceptance, patience, generosity, gratitude, and so on? How does it benefit me to cultivate these things? And when it appears, and this is a legitimate question also because this is the other side that I often get so, so many times is like when it appears that the world is full of pain, right? When I look out and I see a world full of pain and scarcity and people doing bad things, you know, people hurting me and each other, right? Why is that the beta way? Why is it the beta way to see it this way? Why am I in the beta path? to see a world of pain, right? Why am I on a beta path to see people doing bad things? I see people doing bad things. I see people shooting each other, right? It's on the news. I see people stealing from each other. I see people doing bad things. I see it. Why does that make me on the beta path, right? All right, my friends, I will explain. But first, a story, (laughs) Okay, first a story. And actually, you guys already know that I'm probably going to take a couple episodes to explain this because it's so simple but complex. It's so obvious but elusive. But first, a story. Well, it's actually more of an analogy. And maybe this story will make more sense after the podcast episode from next week when you hear that one. So if you want to come back and listen to this one again, in fact, I may even bring this story, this analogy into next week's episode and remind you guys of it. I'll probably tell it again, like the stories of the farmer and the villagers that I tell the time and the two monks and some other common analogies that I use. Anyway, I've heard this analogy used with many different objects. The ones that I like best is like a thorn or splinter because you guys know, like, I think you guys all know what a splinter is. I want you to imagine that you have a wood splinter stuck in your arm. Right? Like you've been chopping wood, you've been wearing short sleeve, you got this giant piece of wood, you brushed up against the log, you got a giant piece of wood stuck in your arm. Now, this is a big splinter, right? I'm not talking about a little tiny splinter in your thumb. It's like, ah, it's there, no big deal, you don't really care. I'm talking about you got a big splinter, okay? It hurts. It hurts when anybody even comes near it. And when it's touched, when it's disturbed, you get this intense shot of pain through your entire body. It's like the worst splinter you've ever had in your life. Okay. Now you have two choices with this splinter. You can remove it, which you know is going to hurt for a while, right? As long as you go through the process of taking it out, it's going to hurt for a while. It's going to hurt while you're taking it out. Or you can leave it in there and you can just protect it, right? You can put a bandage around, you can protect it. That way you don't have to go through the pain of taking it out and you get to keep it safe from being disturbed, right? These are your two choices. Take it out or leave it in. There are no other options, right? Can you guys see this? And you understand that this is the most fundamental duality to begin with. There's no other options. No matter what you do, the outcome will be one of these two things. Even if you decide to wait and, quote, think about it, like if you just want to stop and like, hmm, let me make a decision. By default, you are choosing to leave the splinter in your body. No matter what, you have to choose one of these things. You are choosing one of these things. It's either going to stay in there or it's going to come out. Now, I'm going to explain the worldly path first, right? The beta path the beta way, which is to leave the splinter in the body and try to protect it from being touched and disturbed so that you won't feel any pain. You don't want to feel pain and you don't want to take it out because that will be a painful thing to do. So you decide to leave it in and protect it. Try to make sure you can prevent it from being disturbed. You cover it up with a barrier. There lots of padding, right? So because it's so sensitive, like if it's just Just tapped, you get this intense shot of pain. So you put a lot of padding on, you wrap it up in a bandage, you use a lot of protection. You put on three shirts and a jacket because it's on your arm. And even though you're getting super hot, you're getting super warm with all this clothing on, the extra layers help to protect the arm, right? It helps to protect the splinter. So you got the extra layers on, then you put your arm in a sling and even though you can't use that arm, it's better than bumping into something and agitating the splinter, right? So you also keep everyone at least three feet away from you because you don't want to take the chance of the splitter and getting hit, right? You bumping into somebody or somebody bumping into you, it sucks because you, you can't touch your kids, right? Your wife, your girlfriend, you can't touch anybody, you can't hug your buddies, right? I mean, you don't want to take the chance of that splitter and getting hurt, getting hit, it hurts, when it gets disturbed, eventually you just decide it's best not to leave your house at all. The environment inside the house is easier to control than going outside where you might get bumped into or something. You don't know. You can't control it. So your whole life is built around the splinter in your arm, protecting the splinter in your arm. And very quickly, the splinter in your arm is the inner world. You see this? You see, imagine the splinter not being in your arm. Imagine it not being a, a stake of wood in your arm, but instead it's a piece of Trauma. It's a piece of pain that you held onto from your past, and it's in your heart, or it's in your mind, or it's in your emotions, or it's in your thoughts, it's in your unconscious. Imagine you have some pain, some trauma from your past, and you have this splinter in your heart, not the heart like the beating organ, brother, but I'm talking about your heart, right? I'm talking about your emotional center or your mental center or your mind. Now, you don't want to face that pain, right? You don't want to face that trauma. So instead, you decide to protect it by attempting to control the outer world. You are trying to control your outer world in order to protect your inner world so as not to disturb your inner peace. If that splinter is triggered, right? If that trauma is triggered, you will have pain. So you've built a life to protect that pain. and. An attempt to control that world to you feels okay. Now, of course, anytime your world is of control, anytime that world that you've built of control is threatened, that splinter may be triggered and everything comes crashing down. So you work really, really hard to keep everything outside in the world under control, which is always the illusion because you can't control the outer world. That's a circumstance, remember? That's the sea line. You guys remember the universal truth. So you're working so hard to control what you can't control so that you're not triggering, you're not feeling that that splinter, that inner pain. Now, the most insidious part about this, brothers, you don't even know you're doing it. The most insidious part about this is that when you're living this way, your distortion of the world, the way that you're protecting that inner pain, the way you're protecting that, quote, splinter in your heart, You don't even know you're doing it. You've simply built up distortions. You've simply painted the world a certain way with belief systems, with the way you treat people, with the way you behave, with the way you teach people to treat you, with the way you engage, with the clothes you wear, with the style you have, with the hobbies that you've decided to keep, with the personality you've developed, with all of it. Everything that is you has built up to protect this little sliver of wood, this little splinter in your heart, this little trauma, this little pain that came from childhood. And now as an adult, you're seeing the world through that splinter, through that pain, through that desire to protect yourself from being disturbed. And you don't even know you're doing it. That's the thing. That's the most insidious part about the beta way. That's the most insidious part about the worldly way. You don't even know you're doing it because it's like wearing glasses. It's like wearing filters over your eyes. You don't know. You're seeing the world through that trauma, through that splinter, but you don't know that you're wearing glasses. You don't know that you can take off the glasses and see the world completely different, which is the pain-free way, which is like taking the splinter out. It's like wearing glasses. You don't know that you're wearing them. So that's the beta way, the worldly way, to control the outer world and attempt to keep the inner world at peace while at the same time not having any idea that one, there's another way, the alpha way, and number two, that you're even doing that and remember, the beta believes the outer world determines how his inner world is experienced. Now, what is the alpha way? The alpha way is remove the splinter, right? You guys probably guessed that. I know all of you are very intelligent men. You guessed that. Remove the splinter. Take it out. Yeah, it'll hurt. There will be pain at first. However, once the pain is experienced, then there will be no more splinter in the arm. If there is no more splinter in the arm, then there is nothing to protect from the world. If there is nothing to protect from the world. Then there is nothing. Then That the world needs to do in order for you to be at peace. The world can be however it wants to be, and you are grounded, stable, confident, and at peace. The splinter is trauma, remember? It is a splinter in the heart. Remove the splinter, and there is no pain. There's no pain inside or outside. The Alpha knows his inner world, determines how his outer world is experienced. If there's no pain inside, there's no pain outside. And what does no pain on the outside look like? It looks like no complaining, no blaming, full of joy and gratitude, seeing pain in others and showing up with compassion instead of resistance or rejection or judgment. How, do you, how often do you guys do that? How often do you guys see pain in others? And instead of showing up with compassion for them, you show up with either resistance, right? You try to stay away from them. You try to avoid them. Rejection, right? You tell them they shouldn't be feeling that way or judgment, right? You give them some kind of judgment. You tell them what your opinion is. How many of you guys do that? It's, I'm not blaming you. I'm not judging you for doing that. I'm just asking you because we don't know we're doing it. You understand? It's like other people are in pain and they're expressing their pain through frustration or anger or resentment or, you know, worry or whatever they're expressing their pain through. And and we're sitting on the other side, like because their pain triggers something in us, triggers a pain in us, then we go through our beta path and we project it onto them. We Blame them, we point fingers at them, we complain about them, we say things about them, we judge them and resist and reject, right? That's what we do in the beta way. What does it look like when there's no pain? We don't do that anymore. Right? Because there's nothing inside of us to be triggered when they're feeling pain. When another human being is feeling pain and we start to feel resistant to them, it's only because they're triggering a pain in us. When we don't have that, we can show up with love for them. Always. And and pain shows up in many, many different ways. It can show up with anger. Somebody's yelling at you. Somebody's putting you down. That's their pain. If you get defensive, that's your pain. You understand, brother? That's what I'm trying to tell you. Your defensiveness is your pain. That's not you standing up for yourself. That's you protecting the splinter in your heart. You understand? That's why it hurts so bad to defend yourself. That's why it just feels so bad to escalate this experience, to escalate this suffering. It's what we do, but it doesn't feel good because we've been taught to do it. And talk, yeah, like stand up for yourself. Don't let somebody talk to you like that. Well, they're not talking to you like that. Okay. They're expressing their own inner pain. They're suffering. Okay. They are blowing off a lot of energy because they are suffering. If you stand up for yourself, you will collide with that energy and you will intensify it. You will make it worse. You will escalate both their pain and your pain. And again, this is relationship work that we do right in the academy. But I'm telling you, this is the alpha way. It looks like no pain. It looks like no complaining, no blaming, being full of joy and gratitude, showing up with compassion when somebody's angry. They can be angry and yelling in your face and you can be loving them in compassion. It looks like amazing relationships with all the humans who are ready to receive that amazingness. And it looks like abundance and empowerment. It looks like you being whoever you choose to be because the world can be any way it wants and it doesn't matter because the splinter is gone. (laughs) You understand the splinter is gone you're not trying to control anything. You can just be. That's the difference, brothers. Alpha men look inward to find and release pain and trauma. They look inward. We know it is energy that can be released, and we are transformed to a version of our higher self when we do release it. The beta men blame their pain and trauma on others. They project it outward, and this perpetuates the pain. It will keep coming back to be released again and again and again in the circumstance, in the sea line It's going to come back (laughs) in the C line and it's going to be there in the T line. There's nothing right or wrong about this. It simply is what it is. This is the universal truth. So I've been teaching you from the beginning. It's coming back. If you don't release it, if you don't allow it, if you don't process it, if you don't look at it, if you don't become aware of it, if you don't recognize it for what it is, If you don't detach yourself from it, it is always going to come back. Do you see it, brothers? Do you see it? The spiritual path has nothing to do with woo-woo or mainstream religion. It is simply you looking inward to change the distortion through which you perceive the world. How you do that is the process I teach in the academy. And there is a process. There is a way. If there wasn't, I'd just be offering ideas and concepts and I'd fit in that woo-woo group. But I'm offering you guys a way to release your trauma. Release the pain in order to live the life you're meant to live. That is the point. That's always been the point. And I'm not saying one path is better than the other. I'm not saying you should be on one path or the other. I'm offering that if you choose the spiritual path, if you choose the alpha way, I have a process for you. That's what I'm saying. I have a community of men who are doing the inner work to clear themselves of any energy that disturbs them so that they can live in the world without being triggered by neutral data all the time. Okay? That's what it is. If you want to live that way, I have a process. I have a path. I'm not saying you should or that it's better. I'm saying I have a process if it entices you, if it's something you want to experience, if it's something you want to try. Look, if you want to learn how to speak Spanish, I'm not your guy. Okay, if you want to learn how to live the alpha way, I'm your guy. That's the academy. Here's an example of what I'm talking about. George Waddle was a baseball player at the turn of the 20th century. He was the best pitcher to ever play the game. And although he pitched during the same time Cy Young did, it's called the Cy Young Award, (laughs) right? Like this guy, George Waddle, played... Baseball at the same time Cy Young played baseball, he was a better pitcher at the time, but the award is named after Cy Young, so that should tell you something, right? The reason is because of George's behavior off the field and partially on the field. One example of his behavior on the field is that if a fire truck passed the field during a game, if there was a game in play and a fire truck passed by, George, who is a pitcher on the pitching mound, would literally run off the field and chase the fire truck in order to show up to the fire and help put out the flames. Now, the other teams, I know it sounds wild, the other teams figured this out pretty quickly. I mean, this guy was an amazing pitcher. At one point, like he would actually do this during the game. He would actually be on the pitching mound. He would tell the rest of his teammates, all the defensive, all the defense, all the guys in the infield and the outfield, the outfielders, the first baseman, second baseman, he'd tell them to leave the field. You tell him to go back in the dugout, he would just pitch the game with nobody. So basically, like if there was any hit at all, it'd be a home run. But he would just pitch, and like, and they would win. That's how good he was. And again, I'm not making this up. You guys can Google him, check it out. He's—I'll I'll tell you his name again. But this is legit. Like I'm telling you, he was that good. But when a fire truck passed the stadium. He wanted to go help put out the flames. Now the other teams quickly figured this out and they'd begin to call in fires, fake fires around town near the stadium, just to get George to leave the field so they'd stand a chance against whatever team George was playing for, right? Which was constantly being changed due to his erratic behavior. <laughs> he was always playing for different teams because nobody could control this guy. He was a wild man, right? So what do you do with a guy like George? We well, have two options. Right? You got the worldly path, you got the spiritual path. Well, for George, the world is painted with fire trucks and fires, and he wants to put them all out. That's his lenses, right? That's his distortion of the world. In fact, his identity was more about being a volunteer firefighter than about being a professional baseball player. It was pretty wild. He became so disturbed at the sound of the fire trucks, he would leave the pitching mound. Most of the managers for the teams he played for tried to go the worldly route. They did everything they could to control the world. Everything to control the outer world, to not disturb, right? They wanted to not disturb. They tried to control the outer world in order to not disturb George's inner world. (laughs) They would block off the streets near the stadium, right? They would have people standing out there. They put barricades up so that if there was a fire, the fire trucks couldn't get through, right? They would actually pay firefighters. They'd call the fire stations, that were in the area, that were, you know, working the fires in the certain area because fire stations are, their assigned areas, right? So you have a fire station that's assigned a certain area of the city or the town. And, and based on whatever fire station was assigned the area that was near or around the stadium, the managers would pay the firefighters not to take calls during the games, right? They even barred the field once. They barred the field so that George couldn't leave. When a fire truck went by, he nearly went mad running around the infield trying to get out, they, you know, they kind of like put, you put chains on the doors and stuff. It's wild, brothers. They tried to do this. They tried to go the worldly route. They tried to control the external world because they didn't want to disturb George's inner world. And this is all a true story. Look it up. George Waddle. He went by the name of Rube. Rube. George Waddle, a.k.a. Rube. Played at the turn of the century. You're going to find him very early on. Turn of the 20th century, 1900. Well, finally, one of George's managers decided to get him someone to guide him, Right? We got to get somebody, we got to guide this guy. Somebody work with him about this fire truck issue, among other issues that he was dealing with at the time. George had some other things happening. <laughs> yeah, like he also had some other things going on. He would play baseball with kids in the street, like he'd play baseball and get hurt because he'd be like sliding. He was a heavy drinker. Like there was a lot of things going on. Well, when the manager decided to get somebody to guide him, this actually worked. This seemed to work for George. He was able to find inner peace finally. It was late in his career, but he was finally able to find inner peace and eventually stopped chasing fire trucks. This manager helped George find a way to remove the splinter. Whatever that splinter was, I wasn't the guide. I don't know what it was. For some reason, George had this deep, unconscious desire to, I don't know, save somebody. He had to save somebody from a fire. Maybe his brother was caught in a fire. His mom was caught in a fire. Who knows? But there was something going on. Every time I he heard a fire truck, he was disturbed. That splinter in his heart was disturbed And he had to become a volunteer firefighter. And this manager found George a way to help remove that splinter, while the other managers were helping George protect the splinter by not triggering it in an attempt to control the outside world. Look, we're over thirty minutes, so I'm going to wrap this up. And I've got a thousand of examples like this. I'll share some next week. I told you at the beginning of this podcast that I'll explain the answers to everything you seek, everything you build your life upon, and every desire you've ever had. And this has to do with this very duality. The choice between the worldly or the spiritual path. When you walk the beta path, you believe everything you seek is in the world. You're looking in the world for everything you seek. You go out there with the outcomes and expectations and scarcity and fear and worry and doubt. You place your self-worth on the outcomes. I'm seeking this thing in the world and my self-worth depends on it. My expectations, I have expectations and outcome and I have to experience it. I have to see it because it's out there and that's where it all is. It's all out there. That's what I'm seeking. The truth is what you seek Is the release of what you create when you focus on the world. You seek the release of fear and worry and doubt. You seek peace and joy and love, which is found in the letting go of the trauma. This kind of work can only happen when you go inward, yet are seeking outward. Everything you build your life upon has been a story, it's been a block of energy that you've attached yourself to. You can still enjoy it all without fear. It comes through the spiritual path. It comes from living as an alpha male and every desire you've ever had, brother, it has always only been an attempt to let go of blocked energy so you can stop listening to all the energy that is telling you that you're not okay because you're always okay. It's just the energy. I'm going to go deeper into all of that next week. So how do you do it? Well, you enroll in the academy. That's the first step. Brothers, I am offering you the warrior monk lifestyle. I am offering you the alpha male lifestyle. Live as a spiritual man in the world. Let it go of that which does not serve you and learning to manifest experience through focus and attention. You won't do it through the beta path. You just won't. Which is why so few humans are living the life of their dreams. Because most humans are living the beta path and it's just not possible. People are suffering because they choose not to live the alpha path. It's simple. It's simple. It's not easy. Enroll in the academy and start your spiritual journey. Begin living as your alpha stealth. That's what you are. That's your soul. That's your Atman, right? That's your witness, the observer, the witness, the alpha. It's all happening for you, my friend. Each moment that passes is here for you. Each moment contains within it the bewilderment of infinity and the medicine of disturbance. When you learn to reach into the moment from behind the experience and extract from it the lesson that transforms you and brings you closer to the truth of who you are, then you are living the spiritual path. This experience is not about anyone else yet. (laughs) Before you can serve, you have to heal. Before you can receive, you have to break down the prison of energy you've built around yourself. Brothers, I love you. I love you all dearly. Having never met most of you, all of you, I know you are my brothers. You are on this path. You are seeking the truth. The truth is within you. The alpha is truth. You are the alpha. To walk the alpha path is to walk the path of the true self. It is to remember who you are you can do this. I will show you the path. I'll even walk it with you for a while. (laughs) I'll make sure you understand the difficulties and are confident to stay on the path when you're ready to walk it alone. And when you are ready, then you will go on your own because at that point, you will know that you are never alone. That even when it appears you are walking the path by yourself, you are never alone because we are always with you. So enroll in the academy immediately and While you're waiting for the next coaching call or discussion call to come around, when you're disturbed by that mental vibration or physical energy, brother, instead of asking yourself, what do I do about this? Ask yourself, who am I that notices this? And that may begin the process of returning your consciousness to the alpha. That's what I have for you today, my brothers. Next week will be a similar but different episode, and I will go deeper into the alpha state energy and what happens when we chase that energy and end up in the beta condition. We're going to talk about the nature of the alpha. Until next week, my friends, I love you, and elevate your alpha. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Alpha Male Coach Podcast. If you enjoy what you've heard and want even more, sign up for Unleash Your Alpha. Your Guide to Shifting to the Alpha Mindset at thealphamalecoach.com slash unleash.